Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 2,128. Be prepared to be inspired. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah. Today I'm in beautiful Southern California with a very special guest by the name of James Tidmarsh. James, welcome to Cars Yeah. Do you have any gear, and are you ready to release the clutch? Good morning. Yes, I'm ready to release the clutch. Let's go. We'll have some fun. Now, before I give you a proper introduction and we dive into this incredibly fun world that you work in, what's one little thing, James, that maybe people may not know about you? I guess I was nearly born in a Lotus Esprit. Really? <laughs> well, you and I have spoken before, and you've, you've brought me some wonderful guests to be on the show, including uh, the famous Aunt Anstead, and I really appreciate that. But you had told me your dad used to uh, buy and sell and flip cars. Is, is that one of the cars that he had back when, when you were about to be born? He did. That was his baby. And unfortunately, when his, uh, his real baby came along, I think my mother forced him to sell it. Um, but, uh, yeah, during tough times in recession, he would always buy himself cars. So throughout my childhood, there was always, you know, a number of different cars that we were polishing up and cleaning up to, uh, to sell and make profit and survive, basically. Well, he was an innovative uh, hustler, uh, for sure. Someone who worked very hard, and uh, no doubt you've gleaned a lot of those uh, talents from him as well. So let me give you a proper introduction, and we will dive into this exciting world that you work in. James Tidmarsh is the Director of Global Sales for Radford Motors, where their aim is to breathe new life into the art of coach building by creating contemporary luxury commissions true to classic and timeless designs. Their talented team across the automotive world collaborate under the banner of historic British brand Radford Motors. Uh, brands including Lotus, Bremont, Mason & Sons, Bridge of Wear, Radford Racing School, Michelin, of course, AP Racing, Rock Engineering, Jubu, HRE Wheels, Dimag, and Haggerty are just a few of the prestigious companies that he and his team work with. James is originally, as you can tell from the accent, from Southeast England, where he grew up with a passion for automobiles and racing, no doubt uh, spurred on by his father's love for cars, too. We'll be back in just a minute, but first a word from our sponsor, so give them a little love. Keep your seatbelts on. We'll be right back. Summer is here, and that means long, hot days. Oh, boy. Covercraft's UVS custom sunscreens are quality-made and are incredibly fast and easy to use. Your UVS sunscreen is custom-tailored for your vehicle, and their accordion design ensures easy storage. Not only do they protect your dash and interior for maximum protection, while parking in the sun, sunscreens keep your vehicle's interior significantly cooler. They are durable. They're dependable for years of use. I have one for all my vehicles. Every time I park my car, my Covercraft sunscreen goes up in the window. You can choose from a variety of colors, including the original, Premier Series, and Carhartt designs. Your sunscreen is manufactured with the quality and attention to detail that's been the standard for Covercraft since 1965. And they make a really great gift as well. Get your summer deal today. Use the code YEAH21, Y-E-A-H-21, at Covercraft.com, and you'll get 10% off your Covercraft order. That's right, 10% off. Use the code YA21 at checkout. Covercraft, protecting the things that move you. 
Most people don't think about their collector car insurance until their annual premium becomes due. Well, why wait and see if there are better options for your beloved rides? I didn't. Did you know if you change carriers before your policy runs out, your insurance company has to refund you the unearned portion of your policy premium? I did my homework, I shopped around, and I found American Collectors Insurance. And that's who protects my Porsche Turbo. That's right, the one I call my Orange Crush. They've been protecting collector vehicles since 1976. I encourage you to call my friends at American Collectors Insurance. Ask them about their agreed value policy. And if your collector vehicle is on your regular auto policy, you will be shocked at the savings, not to mention the assurance, should something bad happen to your ride, that you'll get what your vehicle is actually worth. Give them a call today for a quote at 866-ACI-YEAH. That's 866 866- 224-9324. Tell them you're a friend of Mark Green at Cars Yeah. American Collectors Insurance. Classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors. Automotive enthusiasts just like you and me. That's American Collectors Insurance. Give them a call today. So James, uh, let's uh, dive a little deeper into the corner. I would love for you to talk about how you got involved with Radford Motors because you guys do some amazing things. And then after you share a little bit of your your background with your career, let's dive into what Radford Motors is all about because what you guys do is very cool. Yeah, I have to say it's an amazing company. It's really, really cool, uh, especially working with the uh, co-founders. We are native of fine automobiles. We are predominantly a coach builder. We have a lovely history attached to Radford. Uh, Radford was originally founded in 1948, uh, coincidentally the same year as Lotus. It was originally founded by a guy called Harold Radford. And Harold's vision was to take very basic ingredients from an OEM and build from the ground up uh, and build you know, beautiful, unique cars. So uh, like an Aston Martin shooting brake, he would take the Mini, for instance, and, uh, and make it extremely luxury. So every member of the Beatles actually owned a Radford Mini. Really? Yeah, they did. Yeah, I think it was uh, one of John's favorite cars. Wow. Uh, so he, he takes the Mini and just make it extremely luxury, make them slightly bigger because they're very small. For, like a big guy like me, I'm six foot three. I could never drive one, but uh, I'm pretty sure I could drive a Radford Mini because he made them bigger. This is fascinating. So let's carry this forward. Well, actually, before we do this, we carry Radford forward. I'd like to learn a little bit more about you. I mean, you're a pretty young man, at least from the side of the fence I stand on. And so you've been, but you've been in this car industry most or if not all of your career. Is that right? Yeah, I think that the car industry is in your blood, really. I mean, I've uh, I just turned 30 uh, just last year. I've been involved in cars since I was very, very young. As mentioned earlier, my father used to buy and sell cars. So I used to watch him you know, bring a car home that was, a, a, for better words, a dog, and turn it into a princess uh, and sell it. Another one would come along. And so I guess that's where my love of cars grew. And I think uh, I think it was about 13 when I started buying and selling my own. Um, I didn't even have a driving license. So I used to have to, to beg one of my parents to go and pick them up for me. And then I would get them back and I'd do the same thing, clean them for four or five hours, make them very nice, and take a picture and then put it in the local paper and uh, try and sell it, and then uh, stash the uh, cash in my sock drawer, should we say. <laughs> uh, I, then I, you know, I, I, I went to boarding school in England. I never really, never really liked school so much. Uh, so I left, and, and I went straight into the car industry. You know, trainee salesman, uh, trainee salesperson, um, learning actually from the best. Uh, I learned from some very interesting people how to sell cars, and 
you know, and, and how to make, you know, good money out of cars and how to survive. And it progressed until, you know, I sort of outgrew the goldfish ball, I guess. <laughs> exactly. Well, let's talk about Radford Motors today because this heritage uh, going back to, boy, back when Lotus was founded too, that, that's a long way back. But you guys have come a long way, baby, I guess, to quote a, uh, a song or uh, an advertising campaign. Let's talk about what you guys do today because you build some insane things. Yeah, we do. We are a, we're a small company. Um, I mean, it's amazing what, uh, what the team here at Radford have achieved uh, over the last couple of years. Um, as mentioned earlier, a coach builder, we take basic ingredients from an OEM and we build from the ground up. So in this case, we are working with Lotus and we have the Radford Lotus Type 62 which is our current project. The Type 62 was originally, uh, originally designed, um, back in the late 60s and actually raced a number of different times throughout the early, early 70s, uh, and then put aside. Um, and it was this car that was just, um, left in history. We redesigned it. And uh, as you can probably Google online, you'll see the pictures of it. We redesigned it into this beautiful modern day road car. It is stunning. I have actually a clay model here in my office, which is uh, looking at it. It is very, very pretty. The lines, the, the shape, it is very nice. It looks like something you expect to see driving down the Le Mans straight. Uh, it's almost like a baby Le Mans car. We always say that. It's great car, this. The thing I love about this car, there's very subtle hints of GT40 and also Lotus Europa, um, two very, very pretty cars. Lotus Europa was a wild, wacky car, um, but looked great. Oh, yeah. And the other thing I see on this car, the back fenders, is a little bit of the Porsche Cayman-esque, the way that, that fender comes up, uh, which is pretty cool. So there's a lot of cool things about this car. So let's walk through if, if a customer or someone listening wanted to get their hands on one of these things, where do you start? Do they order one and then it can be built bespoke the way they want it? So initially, uh, if you like the car and you would like to find some more information, uh, we have Bradford.co, uh, our website. List an inquiry. Uh, we'll, we'll come back to you um, swiftly and, uh, and we will discuss, you know, uh, discuss deliveries and, and what we have to offer. We offer uh, three different options. We offer a John Player Special, which is the iconic black and gold. And we also offer the Gold Leaf, which is the, the red, white, and gold. Very famous Lotus livery. Oh, yeah. You can bespoke and, uh, and personalize your car with the remaining liveries that we have based on it. On a classic. We have some very, very unique builds um, that we've worked with the clients. Some, some beautiful cars that are, uh, are, are scheduled to be built. Very exciting times as well. Um, so we would then, of course, you know, initiate and, and, and talk with you and, and discuss, you know, your car collection and see if it's the right fit for the both of us. They're absolutely beautiful. What powers this vehicle? So, um, as I said, we take basic ingredients from the OEM. So we take the 3.5 supercharged from the Lotus Exige. Um, the engine is completely stripped down and rebuilt by a company called Jubu uh, in Austria. Uh, they use their own components, their own engineered um uh, engineered uh, pistons and uh, rods and camshafts, superchargers, and they rebuild it and rebirth it to a 600 brake horsepower engine. Wow. Can these be imported here into to the United States? Exactly right. Our facility is here in, uh, in Irvine, California. Awesome. 
Very, very cool. So this must be pretty fun for you because you go back to your history and uh, being originally a Brit and then coming over here and creating these bespoke, there's a British term, vehicles uh, based on the livery of Lotus. I mean, you pinch yourself during the day and go, I can't believe I'm doing this for a living. I do. I mean, I, I, I attend a lot of events and I'm, I'm quite a, uh, although an introvert, I'm quite a, I try to be a social guy and I do tell people about my job and, you know, it's, uh, it's it, it's uh, it's employment envy, I think. Um, <laughs> I do have to, and it's funny, you know. Brits find Brits when they're abroad. One Brit found another Brit, and another Brit found another Brit, and here we all are. No kidding. I'd love to talk a bit about what I call a driving inspiration. You mentioned being inspired by uh, the concept of the founders of Radford and by your father and his hardworking efforts and buying and selling cars and supporting the family. Uh, who's been a very influential person in your life? There's two people. I mean, in, in terms of racing, in terms of motorsport, I think Jackie Stewart is a very inspirational person, really changed the safety in, in racing, you know, saved a lot of lives initially. And also, I mean, I, I, can't, I can't shy away from it. My father is really inspiring in my life. Watching him growing up as a kid really sort of gave me the tools to just go and do this on my own, you know, and I, I, have, a, I have a four-year-old son now that I I support and, um, you know, I've been through those tough times that he went through. And if I hadn't watched him all those times, polishing up those cars and learning how to make money from buying a seven cars, um, you know, I probably wouldn't have survived. So uh, it fed my family and, it, you know, hopefully passed that on to my son for his generation. Yeah, it's amazing. My father was one of those hardworking guys, too. He grew up on a farm in Texas. And you don't grow up on a farm without being hardworking. It's just... You've got to be a tough boy. Yeah, demanded of you. And even though he came out west and became an architect, I just uh, learned so much from him and his hard work ethic and honesty. Architect too. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. We're going to take a short break and we come back. I want to talk a little bit about challenges. We'll talk more about Radford and vehicles. So keep the seatbelts on and we'll be right back. I've teamed up with AutoGeek because, well, they've been the leading source of auto detailing products, accessories for more than 20 years. Their Pinnacle Sovereign Paste Wax is specially formulated from Brazilian Carnuba Wax. It's easy to apply on any paint surface and provides that warm glow that we love, especially me on my vehicles. You're going to love it too. A favorite of car shows countrywide, Pinnacle Sovereign Paste Wax from AutoGeek wipes on easily, requires no drying time, is easy to remove, and provides up to 90 days of protection against damaging environmental contaminants. This wax is designed to exceed the standards of the most discriminating enthusiasts and collectors. Go to autogeek.net to get yours for the best product selection on the internet today, along with their very skilled technical support. Autogeek.net. That's where I go for all my detailing needs. That's autogeek.net. Linkage. It's a new quarterly publication and website that covers the automotive market, driving, restoring, collecting, and discovering your passion for motor vehicles. Linkage is about experiences, opinions, and values. Linkage is an actual, informed, reasoned opinion based on first-hand experiences. A talented Linkage team covers the automotive world, the people who share your passion and mine, smart, considered, rational, and experienced opinions, ones you can learn from and grow. That includes our passion that drives auctions and the collector car market. So come with me and join us on this journey. And be sure to use the code CARSYEAH when you subscribe and they'll give you $10 off. Boom! 
Linkage, geared for the automotive life. Subscribe today at LinkageMag.com. 20, 50, or 100 years from now, will there be a workforce to care for the collector vehicles we love? With auto shop programs disappearing across the country, it's a question we enthusiasts have to ask. That's why I support the RPM Foundation, which exists to ensure that the critical skills necessary to preserve and restore these vehicles aren't lost to time. One of the many ways RPM, which is short for Restoration, Preservation, and Mentorship, is accomplishing this goal is through workforce development initiatives. The RPM Apprenticeship Program enables the next generation of artisans to earn a living while they learn the craft of restoring and preserving these vehicles directly from industry professionals. The Endangered Skills Program documents the process of masters training future craftspeople on a variety of critical skills in danger of being lost forever. For more information on how the RPM Foundation is driving the future of the collector vehicle skills trade, visit RPM Foundation today. They're one of the charities of choice here on Cars Yeah! So, James, I always like to ask my guests about challenges. We talked a bit about your father going through uh, recessionary-type challenges. I mean, we're kind of, uh, let's hope not, knock on wood or touch wood, as you Brits say, that we're not diving into one of those tougher times here, although it's been interesting, I would say, here and around the world from a financial standpoint. But let's talk about a big obstacle, big challenge, even a big failure you face. But I'm more interested in how you approached it, how you overcame it, and, of course, the lesson that it taught you. So take us on a bit of a rough ride. Yeah, I think um, I think the biggest challenge that I ever overcome was sort of throwing myself into the deep end when I was, you know, 20, 21. I, uh, I outgrew where I lived very quickly in England. It was, uh, you know, it, it was an easy life. It was, you know, pretty simple. You make your, you, know, you do your nine to five and you make your paycheck. But, you know, I just needed to find myself a little bit. When I was 21, I, um, I quit my job. I had a, had a good job. I was a sales manager for um, a car dealership, which is still pretty young back then doing that. Um, I quit my job, and I, I went for a 100% commission job in the Middle East. But the spanner in the works for that was that I had to do an internship for a week in Malta. But I couldn't get the time off work, so I had no option to quit my job and just think, I'm going to party, and I'm going to do it, and I'm going to go. And I, I did. I, I remember going. The internship was a, a week in Malta. Um, they put you up in a hotel, and basically you report to the college the next day at like 9 a.m. I have to say, it was one of the, the most grueling weeks of my life. Uh, they just pushed you beyond the breaking point. They pushed you to study and learn things all night. We, we were sitting up till like 2 a.m. in the morning trying to learn for the next day. And on the Friday, on the final day, they would give you an exam. I hate exams. I absolutely detest exams. And um, I remember getting to this exam. I was so nervous. My hands were shaking. I couldn't even write on the page. And uh, anyway, I, I walked out after two hours of sitting, staring at these questions. I had no idea how to answer. And uh, met up with the team. And we were all sitting around the table with our phones on the table. Because, you know, they said that they would call us to let us know whether we got the job. And I was just thinking, oh, I, I know I failed that exam. I know I've done it. And um, I got a call, and she said to me, she said, James, she said, I'm very, very sorry. And my heart sank. You know, I put everything into it. I quit my job and everything else. Probably crazy. But 
She said, I'm very, very sorry. She said, your test results are appalling. She said, you scored 26 out of 100. And I was just like, yeah, I'm so sorry. I just, I was just not very good at exams. But she said, you know what? She said, we see something in you. You got the job. And then uh, we <laughs> want you to start it. So, uh, yeah, it was, uh, I just remember it was just such a wild feeling. Just such a, such a sigh of relief and, um, and just great moment. It was just a great moment. I'd carry that for the rest of my life. Whoa. You know, what a story. This is, is so important because so many people like you, I was the same way. I just, exams always scared me. And I remember I had a class in junior high where the teacher pulled me aside and said, you know, you really, you get pretty freaked out during tests, but I know you know this stuff. Can we sit down after school today and I'll ask you the questions again? And I want you to just verbalize the answers to me, not write them down. And, and I answered all of them. And she it's weird. Ta- it works. Yeah. Yeah. She taught me a a valuable lesson and and I carried that for her. She also gave me some skill sets because, yeah, we kind of grow up in these environments where written tests are required. And I I think the job market, especially maybe the last 10 years or so, has changed a lot where it's very different now and people will talk with you and learn your skill sets. And um, I'm so happy that that happened for you. So, So talk a little bit about that job that you got. What was that? What were you doing there? I was a wealth manager. It was a wealth management job. Holy um, cow! In, what in in Dubai? And I, I'm an only child, and uh, we're, we're we're a close family. And I broke my mother's heart. I came home one day and I said, "Mom, said um, I'm leaving. I'm going to Dubai." And she's like, "Oh, for a vacation? Oh, that's really nice, honey." And I said, "No, I'm going to live. I'm buying a one-way ticket." Poor woman. She just like she felt a bit. She wouldn't talk to me for a week, but. Um, we after a bit of negotiation, said, look, you can come out for a holiday, whatever you want. Sort of like, kind of like the idea. Um, when I arrived there, it's just like, I met a family I'd never met before. Um, I, ha- I knew nobody. Um, and everybody was really sweet. Everyone was really nice. And everyone was very like-minded. Everybody was in the same position as England. They all just felt like they outgrew it very quickly. And here we are, you know, trying to make a buck in Dubai. Um, and they were great years of my life. Great years, early years. Uh, it really taught me a lot about the world. It was fun. What an interesting place Dubai is, of course. It's just sprung out of the dirt, the sand, I should say. And you, look at, you yeah. look at what it is today, it's almost like a Disneyland for adults or something. It's just absolutely unbelievable. Oh, it is like that. Yeah, but the fact that you went into financial wealth management, I'm, this is very intriguing. Now, but you left that world... And you came back? Did you come from Dubai to the United States to get back into the automotive? No, I, I, I've, um, I got a bit of wanderlust in me, or, or definitely a bit of gypsy heritage somewhere, so I like to travel around a little bit. I actually ended up, uh, after Dubai, after a couple of years, I actually ended up in the Bahamas, of all places. Wild place the Bahamas is. Um, great place, actually. So I used to split my time. I used to spend three weeks in the Bahamas and maybe a week in the States, you know, split it between the two. Um, mainly to Florida. It's only a 30-minute flight to Miami, so it's very easy. And spent two or three lovely years in the Bahamas, built an export company. We used to um, export luxury cars, um, mainly to Asia. Um, so we used to buy a lot of cars in the States and then ship them uh, ship them all around the world, mainly sort of Maybachs and Porsches and Land Rovers and, and things like that. And then eventually, after about sort of two or three years, Bahamas just became sort of a very expensive place to live. And logistically, for my business, it wasn't really working. So I moved to Florida. Uh, and coincidentally, my boy was, uh, he, he, was uh, he was a little bun in the oven. 
and uh, decided to stay in the States. And, you know, I love the States. I think it's a great country. Um, it definitely is the land of opportunity. And uh, here I am, ended up in uh, Southern California. I see a, a little trend with you, James, of a uh, a wish to transport yourself from maybe a rainy, gray England to sunny places. <laughs> that's definitely uh, that's definitely uh, a motivator. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I actually it's funny. I just went back to England two weeks. Uh, I've never experienced weather like that. It was the hottest it's ever been. I mean, entire life growing up, it, it you know, never sort of had that much little rain. It rained for 15 minutes while I was in England the entire time, two weeks. Uh, it was crazy. Uh, having some sort of crazy uh, Sahara weather over there. Yeah, yeah. It's been it's been warm for sure. I like to ask guests about bucket lists. You're a guy that really likes to get into some different things. Amazing. And, and only, you know, at your young age at this point in life, everything that you've done. Going back to Radford, is there some, some bucket list accomplishments that you guys there at Radford are looking for? forward to or anything you can talk about about maybe future cars you're looking at yeah i mean we've got some uh, we've got some we've got some amazing projects lined up um unfortunately due to ndas and everything else i can't share with you um hopefully by the end of the year we will be able to share with you our future products um you're going to really really love them really really cool stuff going on so yeah bucket list for radford is, is striking off you know project one which is the type 52 and then the next project uh, coming forward, which are locked in. They just, we, we obviously have to, uh, we don't want to bite off, bite off more than we can do. So, um, so we want to make sure that this project is executed properly and we deliver you know, quality, quality vehicles, which we will. Um, we just need some, some time with that. And then you know, down the line, we'll, we'll be opening up the uh, new allocations for our, our, our new projects. Very exciting. Good things to come. Let's talk about a special vehicle in your life, a car that really stands out for you and maybe take us uh, on a little journey in that vehicle, a little history. Oh, it's got to be, it's got to be my first car. I mean, I think your first car is very, very special. You know, even if things are falling off a bit, it's very special. I had a Suzuki Swift, my first car. Uh, they don't, I don't think they make them over here, but um, they're, they're actually quite popular in England. The little 1.3 GL. I had no air conditioning, um, but it was a great car. I put some big 18-inch um, black wheels on it. I did some uh, some vinyls on it, and I put a big stereo system in it. And we just went everywhere in it. You know, that was the festival car. We used to travel to Glastonbury in that. We did all the festivals in England in that car. Uh, we had some, you know, road trips in that car. We slept in that car. We did everything in that car. It was so much fun. Got some great memories in that car. No doubt. Yeah. A little uh, cruiser there. So I'm going to do something probably nobody's ever done. I'm going to crawl into your head a little bit here, James. Be your car psychologist. If you were reincarnated, that pun is intended, manifest as a vehicle, not what you want to be, but how you perceive the guy in the mirror yourself as a vehicle, what would you be? But more importantly, the why behind the vehicle? It's a really tricky question, actually, but I, I like it. It's a good question. Uh, I, I definitely wouldn't be a peddler definitely would be one of those but i tell you what i would be i would be probably uh, a rolls royce Ooh. um i i just i i am infatuated with rolls royce and it's such a beautiful car i mean probably reasoning behind that is uh you sort of point that spirit back to the ecstasy in the right direction and i'll get you there comfortably smoothly and elegantly i guess that's probably the best way i can answer that question 
<laughs> yes, indeed. You know, I'll remind uh, listeners here, James and I connected a little while back, and he's been so great to me. Uh, you brought some incredible guests. I mean, you've met some very interesting and, and many famous people along the way. Is that due to your involvement with uh, our Radford? Yeah, I mean, um, Radford uh, does certainly put me in circles. It does certainly put me in the circles to shake hands with some, um, some, some very cool people. Um, I mean, to be honest with you, our founding partners are like the coolest people in the world. We've got Jensen Button, uh, you know, Formula One champion, and Amstead, super cool guy. Roger Bailey, a lovely guy, amazing guy, previous rock star. Um, so, I mean, they're, they're great, and obviously they, they know lots of uh, cool people too. So, um, I guess, uh, I guess, yeah, we've, we've met some, uh, we've some really cool people along the way. Absolutely. Is there a great book that you've read you'd like to share with our listeners today? Yeah, I think um, this book was always saying my mind. It's uh, Richard Branson, Losing My Virginity. It is a great I love Branson. I think he's a great guy. He's super cool, super dynamic. And it's just, it's just a great book about his life. It's funny. It's, um, it's interesting, you know, how, how, how close he sailed to the wind and how brave he was. He's a really, really brave guy. You know, he's sort of all or nothing. You know, tomorrow he might be broke, but, you know, at least he tried. I think it's a great thing to buy by. Oh, yeah. Incredible life. Now, I haven't heard a lot about him of late. I don't know if he's kind of winding down his life or working on the next great thing, but he's one of these guys, in a way, I kind of put him up there on the same platform as a, a Steve Jobs. Now, some people may be going, huh? Or an Elon Musk, but these guys that just put it all on the line and come up I with these. Take the world. He, you know, he, uh, he shaped the airline industry with Virgin. I mean, Virgin's very successful. Um, I mean, airline companies, they come and go um, like planes in an airport. So Virgin's been around for a long time, and I have to say, I think Virgin is one of the best airlines in the world. Um, they are phenomenal. Um, I guess he's probably slowing down. He is 72. Um, probably chilling out in his island somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> probably so. Good for him. Yeah, great book. Uh, nice recommendation. So I'm going to enable you to go on what we call the ultimate drive here at Cars. Yeah, I'm going to buy you any vehicle you would like in the world. doesn't matter how much it is or who owns it. I'm going to park it in your garage. You can take it on a ride anywhere in the world, and you can go with anybody, even somebody who's passed. So what does the ultimate drive look like for a guy like you? It's a, it's a tough one. I mean, I start with a car. I mean, I, I, I love fast cars. I love to go fast in cars, but for long road trips, they're fun for a period of time. But soon, you know, you get the backache, you, your legs get sore, where you're, you know, you're cramped in, and the air conditioning doesn't work as well and everything else. I know you've got those beautiful noises coming out the rear end, but at the end of the day, you know, I like to, I like to go in comfort. So I'd like to, like to take a classic Cornish drophead. Um, I do love a Cornish drophead. I think they're just a stunning car. It's a really, really cool car. And I guess, you know, make the trip from England all the way down to, you know, uh, to Saint-Tropez and down to Spain and so that. It's a great trip. There are lovely roads down there. And it's very, very scenic. Who I would drive with? Um, I don't know. It's, uh, I guess, <laughs> it's really, really tricky who I'd drive with. I guess probably, um, I guess Branson, really. I think he'd be quite an interesting guy to drive down with. Wouldn't it be? I mean, I think he's been a real sort of like mentor in my life, you know, for, for a number of years. So I think Branson would be a great guy to drive down with. 
funny as well. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. I Yeah, he looks like a fun-loving guy for sure. Uh, that would be fun. And a classic Corniche drophead, boy, yeah, that'd be a comfortable drive as well. But uh, lots of power, uh, lots of grace. Well, you've taken us on a really fun ride today, James, and I really appreciate you spending time with us today. Before I let you go, would you share some words of inspiration, wisdom, a mantra, or a success quote with us? Yeah, sure. Um, I think uh, something I live by, you know, that's works for some people, it doesn't work for everybody, um, is that I'm a great believer that everything happens for a reason. I mean, a lot of people probably got that stamped in their head, but um, really the, the main thing about that is that... Um, Everything happens for a reason, but it's up to us to to determine why things happen and what we learn from it uh, down the line. You know, sometimes there's no rhyme or rhythm to why bad things happen or good things happen, but you know, there is a reason. You just got to figure it out down the line. Yeah, and uh, a lot of just lessons in life. So um, there's too many there's too many things in my life that I I couldn't say that you know, it happens for a reason. It does happen for a reason. Things move in certain ways. Passes out and all comes out in the end. And I guess that's the best inspiration I can give. I love it. It's a great way to think about it. And even if something happens to you that maybe isn't so great, to stop and give it a moment of thought as to what is the why here? It's the proverbial closing of one door and opening of another. Absolutely. How can people learn more about Radford Motors? So um, we have a number of different ways that you can get in touch with us. Um, Firstly, is our website, uh, radford.co. Um, we've got some, uh, some really cool information on there and some, uh, some great videos. So just hit the inquiries button. Uh, also we got Radford YouTube. Um, we, uh, we launch a video every single week. Um, join our newsletter. Every two weeks we send out a newsletter to our, to our, um, subscribers and, um, various other ways you can get in touch with us. But, uh, they're probably the, uh, the top three. And of course, I guess I should mention about Instagram. Um, it's a very powerful tool these days. Uh, Instagram, you know, daily updates on there too. Absolutely. I'll put links to all of these on James' show notes page on the Cars yeah website. I give them a check out. Sign up for their newsletter. You can uh, stay in touch with them and see some of the very cool builds that they're doing. James, thank you for spending some wonderful time with us today. I really appreciate Thanks. it. You're welcome. Good to connect with you. Until you and I talk again, my friend, I'll see you down the road. Sounds good. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.